Two words for you today, Valley family, jet lag, jet lag. He came back with us uh, from our trip to Europe. Thank you so much, Valley family, for praying for me and my wife Susie and my daughter Michaela as the last couple weeks we've been ministering in Germany and in Moldova as well. Between all of us, uh, spoke, preached 10 times in 12 days, and uh, we really felt the power of your prayer, and uh, over the next few weeks, even, you know, some today, over the next few weeks, I want to be sharing some uh, about these just incredible experiences, just a, a great eternal fruit that we were able to see just in the short time that we were away, uh, just investing in the lives of, of other Christians uh, there in Germany and, and also in uh, Moldova, Transnistria, uh, there with Pastor Yuri Semenyuk. So uh, really feeling jet lag, sleeping about five hours, waking up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. every day right now. So appreciate your prayers as we're jumping right back into things. And uh, we're looking at part three of this series uh, that we're in right now called This Is Us. This Is Us. Maybe you've seen the television show before. And uh, Pastor Stephen kicked this off uh, in a great way, uh, week number one, and talking about five dysfunctions of a family. And uh, an incredible clip there that if you haven't ever seen This Is Us before, you know, like me, you just pulled right into that. And I was actually thinking about starting to watch the series until I saw that clip, and I was like, I don't need that drama. So anyway, I hope you enjoy it, though, if, if you like to watch it on a regular basis. Uh, I like to watch sports to get away from all that stuff. That's, that's my primary thing. I, I want to get away from drama, uh, you know, and, and kind of disconnect there. But uh, he talked about five dysfunctions of family, and then last week... Uh, Pastor Randy did a great job talking about that we're adopted as children uh, by God, what that means, adoption. Uh, and again, these are big themes in the series called This Is Us. And, and I want to pick up uh, also on another key theme in this series as well, and, and that is about being a father. It's really kind of a, a, the, in the background all the time uh, in this series that is just uh, taking the United States by storm called This Is Us. And I want to talk about perfect father, being a perfect father. Uh, fatherhood is something that's not really championed in our culture any longer. It's tough to be a dad. Uh, you, can, you can pretty much make fun of uh, the, the one group that you can make fun of without any pushback whatsoever is dads. You know, everyone thinks uh, a dad is uh, Homer Simpson, is, is like the typical dad. You know, nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, and, and, and the Bible has an awful lot to say about God being our Father. So I think it's important that we realize, first of all, if you have your Valley app, go ahead and open it up. I, I, I want you to be able to follow along and actually look back in the notes uh, of what we're going to be talking about during our time together today. Because the fact about the matter is we're all imperfect children of imperfect fathers, every single one of us. We're all imperfect children of imperfect fathers. And uh, I, I thank God I had a real, my dad's still alive, uh, was here just a, a few months of a months ago. Uh, and, and my dad was a really, really great dad, uh, you know, and he is a great dad growing up and, and all that, but he wasn't perfect by, by any stretch, he'd tell you that. And uh, I'm a father, my wife Susie and I, if you don't know much about us, um, we have three daughters, and uh, maybe I'm, I hope I'm a good dad, um, but, but I'm not a perfect dad. And, and you know, uh, there's just something about that as you grow along. I think it's natural for kids to kind of put their parents on a pedestal if they're involved at all. And then you kind of realize as you grow a little bit longer, about grow up, 
about teenage years, you, you kind of realize uh, your, your, your parents are human. And uh, if you're a teenager, you haven't realized that yet, that day will come that, that they're human. And they're, they're, they're not perfect. They're flawed. And, uh, you, you know, especially as fathers, it's really hard to follow. Who, who am I supposed to follow as a father to be the kind of father that God wants me to be if you're, if you're a dad? Who's, who's your example? You know, the Bible says uh, that David was a man after God's own heart. And it's hard sometimes as a man, just talking to the men specifically for just a minute here, it's hard to be a man after God's own heart if the main man in your life wasn't after your own heart as a son. It's really difficult. Because it just there's no map to follow. How, how do you do that? You, you know, uh, and it's into... Uh, into this world, Jesus steps. Because so many of us, we really have daddy issues. This is so important. And that's why I want to take a whole week to talk about this. So many of us have daddy issues. We're striving for dad's approval. Or it's the opposite. Kind of two things. We're either striving for our father's approval, even as adults. Or we're, trying, we're striving to prove our father wrong who said some negative things about us. Like so many adults even fall into those two categories. Striving to win our father's approval or try, striving to prove our father wrong. And, and you see this, don't you, all the time, like in the summertime you go to the pool, like community pool, and uh, man, the kids might go there, you know, three times a week uh, with mom. But dad shows up one time and all of a sudden it's like, daddy, look at me, daddy, watch me, daddy, watch me. I'm going to go jump off the sliding board. You know, daddy, watch me, daddy, watch me, daddy, 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 daddy. Just waiting for dad to say, there you go, that was great. Striving for daddy's approval. Or if you had a father who was negative in your life, spoke a lot of negativity into your life, you'll never amount to anything. You're, you're good for nothing. You're not as smart as, as your siblings. You, you know, uh, I don't expect that much out of you because you just don't have that much on the ball. I'll prove you wrong. Either striving for dad's approval or striving to prove dad wrong. So many of us. I'm 50 years old, and I'm just being honest. It's still, when, when, when my dad tells me, he was here last time, just a couple months ago, when my dad tells me, I'm proud of you, I love you, man, I feel it down into my toes. And I'm 50, and I wish I wasn't that way. I really wish that wasn't the truth. But I, I feel that all the way down into my toes. And, and so, for good or for bad, so many of us walk around, and we've got like this dad hole. We've got dad issues. And the problem comes, watch this now, when we project those issues onto God our Father, our Heavenly Father. Because we are imperfect children, of imperfect fathers. And so this is really, really important that we talk about this. And into all this mess, Jesus steps into it. And, and let me say this, maybe, maybe you had a really bad example as a father. Maybe you didn't have any example as a father, for a father in your life. If you're in the worst case situation today with your dad, maybe your relationship is totally strained with your dad, Jesus is bringing the best case scenario of hope to you today. 
That's what Jesus wants to do. And, and, and if you think about your relationship with your father, and it's the best case scenario, he was supportive, he was encouraging, you know, went to your games and, uh, you know, pat you on the back, I'm proud of you all the time, father or da- son or daughter, if you experience that best case scenario of a dad, Jesus is bringing an even better hope to you today. That, that's the promise that we find in God's word as we think about him as a perfect father. And, and so three things I think that are so important that Jesus shows us that, that we need to understand in terms of uh, this, this whole idea of God as our father. The first one is Jesus teaches us God is a father. He's a perfect father. Think about it. The number one way that Jesus referred to God over and over and over again, it, it wasn't Lord, although he is Lord. It, it wasn't Almighty, although God is Almighty. It wasn't creator, even though God is creator, is father. It's father. In the Old Testament, no one had ever referred to God as father. But Jesus comes along, father. Whole different picture of who God really is. Think about it, when the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray, you know, we, we, we recognize, man, you know how to pray. Teach us how to pray. What did he say? Pray this way. Our Father. And, and, you know, we get so used to reading this and hearing this recited maybe in our church background, our church tradition in our background. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That, that we just kind of like blah, 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 blah. But, but I think there was a collective gasp when he said, our Father, pray this way, our Father. <gasps> what? No one had ever talked about God as Father before. He said, pray our Father. And, and, and a number of different places, over and over, Jesus is saying, God is Father. God is Father. He's a perfect Father. Look at John chapter 14, verse 8 and 11. Philip, one of the disciples, says to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father that we will be, uh, and, and that will be enough for us. And hear this, even in Philip, this longing, show us the Father God, and we will be completely content and satisfied. And that's what you and I need so badly. We need to see God the Father. Show us the Father, and it will satisfy this longing in our hearts for a perfect Father that God created in each and every one of us. It goes on and says, though, Jesus answered, don't you know me? Don't you know me? Philip, even after I've been among you uh, such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So many times Christians and, 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 and even people that, that aren't necessarily followers of Christ, they'll say, you know what, Jesus, man, I'm cool with Jesus, but that whole God father stuff I'm, I got a problem with him like 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 they're they're two different people they're two different kinds of people God's just a you know some kind of cosmic killjoy with a big old bat just waiting to pop you over the head if you get out of line Jesus says if you've seen me we're you've seen him the father isn't different from me I'm a chip off the old block that's what Jesus is saying anyone who has seen me has seen the father how can you say show me the father He says again to Philip, he goes on and says, don't you believe, watch this now, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. 
the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. So, so people that say, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all down with Jesus, but God the Father, I don't know about, they don't understand, they're the same. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's in me, everything I do, I'm doing by the Father's authority, his power. He goes on and says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. He, he's like, Philip, You've seen the Father because you've seen me. I'm a chip off the old block. And so if you're all right with Jesus, if you love Jesus, guess what? You love God the Father. He's a perfect Father. See, we can't project the imperfection of our earthly fathers onto our perfect heavenly Father. It will mess us up. It'll mess our whole faith journey up if we do that. That's why it's so important to remember we're imperfect children of imperfect fathers. But God, our Heavenly Father, is not imperfect. In John chapter 10, verse 29, Jesus says, My Father who has given them to me, that, that's uh, the fo- disciples, followers, he's given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. He's like, what, what? God is entrusted to me. When, when, when someone puts their life in the hands of God, no one can snatch them out of a hand. That's the power of our perfect heavenly Father. He protects us. We're, 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 we can rest secure in him. More than any other aspect, Jesus emphasized God is Father. The problem with that is when our relationship with our earthly father wasn't very good or non-existent or cracked, Then when Jesus comes along and says, God is Father, that's not good news, that's bad news. That's why we can't project the the failures and the, the, the imperfections of our earthly fathers upon our perfect heavenly Father. See, here's here's the big thought, the big idea today. God is not a bigger version of your dad, he's the perfect version of your dad. God's not a bigger version of your or, or my failed and flawed father. That's not who God is. That's not what Jesus is talking about. God's not a bigger version of your dad. God is the perfect version. God is the dad you always wish you had. God is the dad that you wanted your dad to be. That's who God is. That's who God is. And that's powerful when we come to the understanding that God is a perfect father. He's the father that you always want. Here's the second thing. Jesus changes sinners into sons and daughters. Randy did such a great job with this, talking about being adopted into God's family. That's why Jesus came to change sinners into sons and daughters, to build a bridge, to live in a sinless life and, and laying his life down as a sacrifice for you and for me and rising from the dead, paying the price for your personal sins and my personal sins so that we would be adopted into the family of God. Jesus teaches us God as Father and Jesus changes sinners into sons and daughters. See, see here's the whole thing. We're dead in our sin. And so the gospel, the gospel is not about making bad people good. 
The good news of the gospel is making dead people alive. Let me say that again. The gospel is not about being good or bad or making bad people good. It's about being dead or alive. Bringing people that are dead in their sins alive because of Jesus Christ, his sinless life, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection from the dead. This is what it means when Jesus talks about Throughout the gospel is about being born again. Being born again. What does that imply? What that implies is if the first time around when you were born, you missed having a good dad in your life, you get a second chance with a perfect heavenly father. And and man, for some of us, we just need to hear that. That if the first time around when you were born, maybe, maybe your dad wasn't on the scene. Maybe your dad uh, was difficult. Maybe your dad harassed you. Maybe your dad abused you. The good news of being born again is that we get a second chance, but this time it's not with an imperfect father. It's with our perfect heavenly father that wants to love us perfectly just the way we need That's good news. You get a second chance because of new birth. You get a relationship with the perfect Heavenly Father. Everyone who comes through Christ gets a perfect Heavenly Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Look at John chapter 1, verse 12. The Bible says, but to all who believed him, who believed Jesus and accepted him, he gave the right to become what? Children of God in God's family. So powerful. I, I mean, uh, you know, we just got back, like I said, from Germany and, and from Moldova, and, and there's a language barrier. You know, they speak German. A lot of people speak English in Germany, but, but still had to use a translator. In Moldova, they speak Russian, and uh, so I'm preaching through translation, and, and I'm looking at people's faces, and, and, and you know what? There's still this barrier of language but it's amazing this bond that you experience with people that don't even understand what you're saying until it comes through a translator. It's because we're all in the family of God. And it's powerful. It's powerful. So we didn't leave when, when Susie and I and Michaela, we left Germany and when we, we left Moldova you know, and flew home. We didn't leave friends. We left brothers and sisters in the family of God. That they don't even understand what I'm ever saying unless it's through a translator. But there's this bond because of the family of God. That's what Jesus, that's what he came to do. He changes sinners into sons and daughters. It's powerful. The results of receiving Christ are not only salvation, but receiving a birthright. And that birthright is a perfect heavenly father. Look at John chapter 1 verse 13. They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. This is what it means to be born again. He is our heavenly father. That's what Jesus came to do, that we're we're God's sons, we're God's daughters because we've received Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for our sins. We're adopted into the family of God. See, listen, I think, can't prove this, I think that's why this uh, television series, This Is Us, is so powerful and winning all kinds of awards and accolades and everything because it touches on some eternal themes that are in the hearts of humanity. 
That's what I think's happening with the whole thing. That's why I thought this is a great idea. Let's do a series about it. Because when you talk about the dysfunctions of family and the perfect family that God really wants for you and I to have, his spiritual family. And then you talk about the fact of being adopted and that God adopted us. Now, fatherhood, it's this gnawing inside for a perfect father that we receive when we're born again, when we place our life, our faith in the hands of Jesus Christ as our Savior and as our Lord. So Jesus teaches us God as the Father. Jesus changes sinners into sons and daughters. And here's the third point I think is so important as we talk about God, our perfect Father. Jesus demonstrates living under your Father's love. He showed us how to live under the love of our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father is affirming two times in the life of Jesus Two different times, uh, Jesus, uh, God interrupted. Uh, the first time is pretty significant, I think, uh, and, and that is when Jesus was being baptized. Before he'd done any miracles, but, but before blind eyes were open, lame walked, Lazarus resurrected from the dead, 5,000 fed. Before he did anything, right after his baptism, as he comes up out of the water, the Bible says that the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus as in the form of a dove, and there was an audible voice of God, so significant, before he did anything, that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm proud of you, boy. Before you had done anything. See, you and I, we're human beings. We're not human doings. Why did, why did God say that about Jesus before he did, before he accomplished anything? Why did he say it? Because Jesus' heart was fully our Heavenly Father, devoted to our Heavenly Father. It wasn't about what he did. It was who he was in his heart. And so many times, you and I, we're striving for our Heavenly Father's approval. Daddy, look at me. Daddy, look at me. Watch me, watch me, watch me. And we already have it when we give him our heart wholly, fully devoted to him. My beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, before he had done anything, before he had done anything. Jesus shows us, everything Jesus did was not to earn God the Father's love, it's because he understood he already had it. And it's the same way for you and it's the same way for me. We need to understand we already have it. And Jesus demonstrates living under your Father's love, what that looks like. I, I love this. First John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. One of my favorite passages in all the Bible right here. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. God has lavished love on you. God's lavished love on me. This is the kind of heavenly father, perfect heavenly father. His love is not based on our performance. It's not based on our GPA. It's not based on how many home runs we hit. See what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. The fact that he, he, he sent his perfect son to, to lay his life down, sacrifice for you and for me, raised from the dead, lavished his love upon us. 
And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. The reason that the world doesn't get it is because they don't understand who God the Father is, our perfect Heavenly Father. This passage goes on and it says, Dear friends, now we are children of God. We're His family because we've received Jesus. And what we will be has not yet been made known. He's like, John is saying like, you ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. But we know that when Christ appears, Jesus Christ is coming back one day. Watch this now. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. We will be like Jesus. Does it mean that, 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 that uh, uh, we're going to be divine? No, that's not what this is saying at all. But, but in that moment, God is perfecting your character, perfecting my character right now as, as, as I just allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life and through my life, the fruit of the Spirit that we talked about over the summer. But in that moment when Christ returns, he promised one day he will return physically, not in a mist, not spiritually, physically return to this world. In that moment we'll be changed and we'll be perfected in our character. Absolutely perfect. We won't be divine, we're his children. But we'll be like him for we will see him as he is. This is the promise our heavenly father has made to us. God is a perfect father. Let me just talk to the men for just a minute. Men, you know what this means? That God is our perfect Father. Jesus shows us how to live in the Father's love, under the Father's love. That means we can be the best Father we can possibly be because we have the best Father there ever has been. It doesn't matter about our earthly Father. We can be the best dad we can possibly be because we have the best dad there has ever been, our Heavenly Father. To be the best father you can be, you have to know that you have the best father that you could possibly have, and that's God the Father. That's your father. That's my father. I, I, I've seen so many men, just great examples of this, that had just no father or, or just a, a fallen down, awful, failed father that are great dads today. Do you know what the difference is? God the father. He's the difference maker. I've seen that, just so many examples of that through the years. This is, this is why it's so important, guys. Let me just talk to you for just a second. You know, we have our group link tonight, Sunday night. And, and, and this is why I just feel this, this like uh, passion about this men's short-term group called 33 as we're just following the 33 years of Jesus' life. Because you know what? We need encouragement from other guys. And we have all kinds. We have community groups. We have other short-term groups. We have volunteer groups where you can serve in the church. But I, I want to encourage you men, sign up. Come to Group Link. If you're our Poughkeepsie campus folks, even online campus, get in your car Come to Group Link and sign up, for men, for this short-term group because we need one another. We need to encourage one another. Where else in our culture today are you ever going to be encouraged and inspired to be the best father you possibly can be? I'm telling you, it's not out there. It's here. It's here. You, you're not going to find that in a baseball park. You're not going to find that in a bar. You're not going to find that anywhere else. 
It's so important. We need, we, we need each other to encourage one another. And so we have volume two for those that have already gone through volume one, but if you haven't yet, sign up for volume one. As, as we're just walking through this following in the footsteps of Jesus in his 33 years. So important. See, we have to learn how to live out of our primary identity as followers of Jesus Christ, and that is God is our heavenly Father. We're in a different family. None of our families were perfect. We looked at that the first week, Pastor Stephen, five dysfunctions of families, and, and if you didn't have all five, you probably had four out of five. But now we're in the family of God, and we've got a perfect Father, and that just changes everything. That changes everything, that perspective. And so we're perfectly loved sons and daughters of our God, of God our Father. You know what it's like? It's like this. We need to learn, a little illustration here, we need to follow Jesus' example and live under the Father's love. Live under his love. Because the world is just raining negativity and you'll never measure up and, 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 and we're trying to prove our fathers wrong of things they said to us when we were 10, 12 years old and now we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and older and we're still trying to prove daddy wrong or, or we're seeking approval from some kind of father figure instead of just re- living, under Jesus, living under God the Father's love. And when the, the rain is pouring down of negativity, you know, we need to learn how to live under the Father's love. And you know what else we need to do? We need to, just like in the rain, you know, when, when uh, I'm walking in the rain, I have the umbrella, and I'm getting my wife out of the car, what do I do? I extend that cover to her. We need to learn how to extend the Father's love to others that we've received. The Bible says, freely you've been given, uh, freely you've received, freely give to extend his love, learning how to live under the love of God. Jesus showed us how to do it. Jesus showed us how to do it. So this is powerful. This is powerful, powerful truth. And I think it's because of this powerful truth, like I said, these themes in this series, this is us. This is why it hits so many people. This this is why it's like, stop, you know, this is us is on, nobody disturb me because of these powerful themes that are in this, this television program. Let me put it this way. You're a brand new person with brand new possibilities because of your brand new dad. You and I, we're brand, you're a brand new person. It doesn't matter what your background was, what you didn't have, what was denied you, you were overlooked, all of that is true, it's real, but it's not the ultimate truth. The ultimate truth is this. You're a brand new person with, a brand new, with brand new possibilities because of your brand new dad, God the Father, your perfect heavenly Father. Your perfect heavenly Father. Well, I want to end with this. I don't know how many of you have heard of uh, Lauren Daigle. She's a, a Christian artist, uh, singer. And uh, last week... This was pretty remarkable. Last week, uh, her new CD was released. Her new album was released. Rolling Stone magazine reported, Christian singer is bigger than Drake and Ariana Ariana Grande this week. Lauren Daigle's uh, album debuted higher than Drake on last week's countdown, pop countdown, and higher than Ariana Grande. And if you don't know who they are, uh, 
that's okay. You can just go back to sleep. Uh, but uh, uh, she had this, uh, this great song on the album uh, that, that I heard, and I was just, it just struck me because she's just singing, and she's really singing to our Heavenly Father, perfect Heavenly Father. And she's talking about, I'm learning to live by who you say I am. In, in other words, under the umbrella, if we could put it this way, under the umbrella of God's love, who he says I am. I, I'm not trying to prove my earthly father wrong. I, I'm not trying to earn my earthly father's approval. I, I'm, I'm letting God have that, and I'm living under the umbrella of his perfect love. And so what I want to do right now is I just want to share that song with you by Lauren Daigle. And then I'm going to come back and then I'm going to pray. This is Lauren Daigle, just released a song called You Say. Just open your heart and listen now. I love that. I believe what you say of me. I'm going to ask right now, would you just bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can call you Father. That we can call you Daddy. Father, right now, and just in this moment of tenderness before you and in your presence, Lord, we just want to receive your grace, Lord, to, to lay aside that drive inside to prove our earthly fathers wrong or that drive inside to earn our earthly father's approval. And Lord, may we transfer that upon you as our perfect heavenly father, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are loved not because of what we do, but because of who we are. We belong to you because we've placed our faith in your hands. Lord, let us follow the example of Jesus who lived under the umbrella of your love. And everything that he did, he did because he understood he had already received your love, and we have received it as well. And may we live under the umbrella of your love and extend that to others as well. Father, help us as we leave this place today not to think new, but to act old, but to truly live out and live under your love from this day forward. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never opened your heart up to your heavenly Father God before, the Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can repeat after me and open your heart up to God right now as your heavenly Father for the first time. If you've never done that before, and in that moment, you'll be adopted into his family as well. Not because you earned it, not because you can deserve it, or not because you deserve it, but because of Jesus Christ and his sinless life, his sacrificial death for you and his resurrection from the dead. He paid the price for your personal sin and my personal sin in full. So right now, just, just repeat after me, Heavenly Father, Forgive me of my sins. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and my Savior. I receive you as my Heavenly Father. Jesus, I ask you to guide me 
lead me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward and I will follow you. Thank you, God, for being my Father today, my perfect heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen.